0: I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome to season five of the Enneagram and Coffee podcast. Happy New Year. Can you believe that we're in 2024? I, for one, can. I'm just kidding. Of course, I can't. Time, it feels like we're still in 2021, if I'm honest. That is where I am. I don't know what year you're in, but I'm in 2021. But for the first two weeks of January, we are doing a New Year's extravaganza, which makes it sound much more exciting than it is. Basically, we're focusing all of the first 10 episodes this year into getting in touch with who you are, what you want, and gently supporting yourself to get there. Now, this week is more informational. And next week will be more interactive, guided meditations, reflection exercises, that sort of thing. So today we are talking about the pros and cons of New Year's resolutions. So I think we expect people to hate them, but I am personally a big New Year's fan. I don't know if – I think I read as a big New Year's fan. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone if I'm honest, but big fan here – it's my favorite holiday I like it better than Christmas I like it better than Thanksgiving I like it better than my birthday even I think because I get the birthday sads and so I'm just really excited to be here right now New Year's is this fresh start it's a clean beginning it's a time to check in with yourself and I think I think it's just a delight so we are going to talk about the pros and cons of those Pesky resolutions, though, because I do have some criticisms, but let's start with the pros. Things that I love about a New Year's resolution. Number one, it's a point of contact with ourselves. I am all about the conversation with ourselves, being in continual relationship to who we are, getting to know ourselves at every different stage of how we develop and in our life. And in my opinion, New Year's is like prime time for that. It's prime time for relating to who you are. The entire world is saying, this is a really good time for you to check in with yourself. And I don't think there's any harm in that. I'm going to advocate that we do it more than just once a year. But I think if we're going to just do it once, I think that's better than none, right? So it's a point of contact. Number two it's a ceremonial fresh start. It's like Monday morning for the year. I I love that feeling. I love the sense of like, yeah, we can try again. Maybe last year it didn't go the way we planned, but like let's let's bring some hope in, you know, let's keep our options open. Let's keep our eyes open to possibility here and play with the possibility that everything's going to be great this year. I know we've been let down in the past, But maybe this year will be different. (laughs) Number three, it's re-energizing. I think it's a really good reminder to think about who you want to be and to choose to live your life on purpose. It can be really easy to get swept up in the day-to-day and the mundane and lost in the responsibilities of being alive. But once a year at least, you have a moment to go, is this who I want to be? Is this how I want to live? Is this where I want to be? And what would I change if I could? Number four, it can be incredibly supportive to really make action in being who you want to be in the world. People change their lives because of decisions they make at this time of year. I think that's cool as heck, right? I I know I can cuss on my own podcast. It's just like... <laughs> old habits die hard you know when you you <laughs> worry about cussing your whole life then all of a sudden you're like it, it, you know it, it it's still here what the heck sounded dumb okay and I, I'm aware of it but all of this to say this is really cool it's so cool that people make these amazing shifts in their lives and why not you right like why not you? Why can't you make the choice to take a minute, think about who you want to be and make some pathways to getting there? Number five, I mean, I think it keeps life interesting. It helps us to treat life as play, which for me is a value set, right? I believe life can be fun. I think it should be fun. I think it's more exciting if more engaging if we treat life with a lightness. And I think New Year's resolutions can help us to engage with life in a fun and playful way. And I'm going, who do I want to be this year? What energy want do I want to try on? Where do I want to focus my attention? And how can I do that more? Now let's get into these pesky cons. <laughs> some obvious, you know, there's some obvious setbacks here. And I think you know, there's that scene in Mean Girls where they're like, I, who here has been personally victimized by New Year's resolutions? And it's a lot of us. I think they were going to start with the obvious ones, which are diet culture and consumerism madness. We love in America, you know, in Western society, we love to turn fun things into ways to get your money. And, Money is really easily accessed if we make you feel like there is something wrong with you that needs to be fixed. And no one does that better than daddy diet culture. You know, he's got that, they've got that figured out. They know how to make you feel like there's something wrong with you. There's something to be really afraid of. There's something detrimental about your being that needs to be solved right now. Now. Time is ticking. There's a real problem here. You better start drinking green juice today, or things could change any minute. And I'm all for, you know this. Like I'm all for doing what feels best to you and your body, eating the things that feel nourishing to you, moving your body in ways that are supportive to you. And that is absolutely not the same thing as thinking that every that you need to constantly be shrinking right? Those are not the same conversation. And this time of year, those two things get so equated that it can be really hard to distinguish which one is true. And I just want to hold a little placeholder here that you are not a problem to be fixed. You are a person who needs to be nourished and loved. So before you go spending all your money on every new diet thing, pause go back. I just did my little recap. I did one on intuitive eating. Check it out. Take a break. But those are our obvious cons, right? This like messaging that there's something wrong with us that needs to be fixed and that we are a problem. (laughs) Number two, when it comes to actually doing the resolutions, a lot of times, right, we create them and then don't follow through with them and then feel like a failure when we don't follow through. I'm a big fan of not leaving room for shame to creep into our life. So if there's an area of your life where you feel like, yeah, shame consistently creeps in here, I think that's worth paying attention to. I think it's worth noticing and choosing a different behavior next time. Number 3. We are ever changing beings, right? Who I am in January is not necessarily who I'm going to be in December of that same year. And it's a little unrealistic, right, to set a goal in January and to assume that I'm even going to want that goal. 12 months from now, who would have thought, you know, my goals in 2020 didn't go the way that I planned, right? I wasn't the same person at the end of 2020 that I was when I started. And I think that's often the case every year. We hold ourselves to the standard of, well, I set the goal and if I don't meet it, then I'm a failure and then that means I'm bad and which means what's the, I'm a waste, what's the point of even setting goals, what's the point of checking in because I know that I'm not even going to follow through. When reality, what's happening is we change, we grow, we develop as often as a result of these goals that we've set for ourselves, right? We set these goals, we start working toward them, we get new information, we start shifting, we start changing, that goal might shift and change too. So because we're, we're allowing ourselves to be impacted by the world, which means we may not want the same thing that we wanted in January. But that doesn't mean that getting clear on who we are, what we want is a problem. It just means we need to be less rigid about how we interact with that goal. Number four, oftentimes we're setting metric-based goals versus behavior-based plans. And we're going to go into this in much more depth tomorrow for tomorrow's episode. But just to start it off, we we set goals that are out of our control, like I want to make a million dollars, versus plans for how we intend to achieve that goal. And again, I'm going to go into much more detail, but the problem here with that is that we're setting things that we can't achieve because they're not ours to do. I can set a goal of I'm going to show up and work every day. I cannot predict the outcome of that behavior. And when I try to set goals based off of what I hope the outcome will be, I'm more likely to get discouraged, more likely to feel like a failure, and less likely to try again. So if I can do it based off of what I can control what I can actually do, then I'm building stronger sense of self-esteem because i'm doing if I do what I'm saying i'm going to do, I can build trust with myself. I can get that little dopamine hit that helps me to keep going. It's a motivation increaser instead of a motivation decreaser. Okay, next. Oftentimes, it's just as simple as out of sight, out of mind. I check in once a year. I have a little good time with it. And then, you know, I forget to check in with that again. And next year, I'm like, yeah, let's do it again. I don't remember what I did. I don't think that's a horrible thing. I think if you have a good time, it's working for you. You like your life. Everything's going well. New Year's resolutions aren't that deep for you. I think go for that. You know, if that's working, that's great. If, however, you feel like something needs to change, you figure out every year what that is, and then you forget to take action on it, and then the next year you go, oh, I lived another unsatisfying year. I did the thing where I go numb to myself. I lose sight of who I am. I lose sight of what I want. I disconnect from who I am, And now here we are at New Year's and I'm remembering that I did it again. That is where we need to shift and I'll talk about how in just a second. And then finally, the other thing here, the other con here for New Year's resolutions is the pressure to perform perfect. This pressure that we need to constantly be fixing and solving ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to be loved where we are. Because I think at the end of the day, that is what matters. Let yourself love yourself, be loved where you are, tend to yourself, nourish yourself, support yourself, but don't perfect yourself because you are not a project to be tinkered with. You are a human being. Okay. So let's get into suggestions for how do we make New Year's resolutions work, right? It can be a really fun, connective time for yourself that re-energizes your commitment to who you want to be. Or it can be this thing that represents all the ways in which you let yourself down. How do we do this from a place of self-love? Number one, be open to change. Now, I'm going to share later this week how I plan my life out. But just a little spoiler alert here, I don't set my goals once a year and then forget about them. Like we're in constant relationship and conversation And that's what I want for you too. So again, I'm going to go much more in depth on this one on Thursday. But in the meantime, remember, you change, you grow. Your resolution is likely to change and grow with you. We've talked before about how I'm doing a no spend year this year. And even in that commitment, right, that is a year long commitment. I have communicated with my partner, with myself, that that, I'm I'm setting rules now, but I'm going to check in with those rules every single month. Are those the rules that still work for me? Do I need to shift anything? What, you know, what is my objective now? What feels right? What feels, what doesn't feel right? What can I hold on to? What can I let go? It's a consistent conversation because I already know that what I think is going to work in my brain may not be what works long term. So, staying in constant conversation, let that resolution evolve alongside you instead of setting it, forgetting it or setting it and shaming yourself. Number two, set behavior-based goals. (laughs) Again, we're going to go much more in depth for that tomorrow, but set your goals based off of things you can actually control, what you're going to do, not what you hope to achieve. Number three, Make it for what you need, not what you think you're supposed to be. A really simple question you can do with this is, is this for me or is this an attempt to try to fix something that I think is wrong with me? And if you set your resolutions, you set your goals for the new year and you kind of run that question through, make sure that you're doing, is this to nourish me? Is this to support me? Is this to love me? Or is this to fix something that I think is wrong with me? And that means the same goal can mean this, mean completely different things to different people, right? So let's say I set a goal to run a 10K this year. That goal for me could look like nourishment, right? I feel more confident when I have a, I'm moving my body. I like feeling healthy. <laughs> I like being energized. I like the um, – the happy chemicals that come into my brain after I go for a run. I like the peace of going for a run. I like time with my own thoughts. I like seeing my neighborhood in that way. I like having a routine, right? That That's all nourishment. But if I go, well, I think I'm bad if I don't run, I think good people run or healthy people run or um, I need to be smaller, I need to look a certain way, I need to be a certain way in order to be worthy of good things. Those are not the same habit, right? Those are not the same behavior. So choose things based off of how can you nourish yourself and love yourself versus how how do you fix something you think is wrong with you. And finally, consider monthly or even quarterly resolutions. This is something that I did for years and years. Um, When I wanted to like build new habits, I would create monthly resolutions where I would choose a behavior that I would repeat every single day for a month and that would help me to build new routines, new habits, new behaviors that I could then carry on beyond that month. I would gamify this a lot. So um, the first time I ever did a no spend was my first year ever doing Uh, monthly resolutions. It was like a game I wanted to play with myself. And the February of that month, I was doing finances. And I was like, a good way for me to touch in with growing in my finances is to do a no spend month. So I took a month off. I mean, gosh, this must have been 2014, 2015 maybe. But I took a month off from spending and it was really cool to kind of break that habit and to entertain myself in different ways, and that carried on, right? And it didn't carry on forever, but that feeling carried on for a long time, and then I can always reintegrate that back into my life, right? Like we're doing this year. So all of that to say, play with it. Have fun with it. Consider shorter-term commitments, because if you're someone who struggles to let your goals evolve. If you're like, no, I want to just follow through with what I said I was going to do. If letting it evolve and be a little fluid is hard for you, maybe make shorter term resolutions so that you can actually feel the integration of them into your life instead of it being this like big overarching idea that is pass or fail with really big stakes big expectations of yourself to maintain the same thing for the whole year instead maybe check in on shorter pieces of that and monthly resolutions can be a really fun way to play with that kind of gamifying your habit building all right friends thank you so much for joining me for another episode and for another season of any agreement coffee and happy new year i'll see you tomorrow for the next one bye